This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. The question we began with last week was how did this come to be? That that Aveyu that Chazal considered to be the most monstrous, the most horrible, the most Chomerdike Aveyu in the world, which is Pagam Abris, where, they, where we see, especially by the Chachmei HaKabola, we see such strong Lashinas regarding this issue of Pagam Abris, the Davke in this area, we find that the Tikkunim are the greatest, and relatively simple. We'll, we'll talk a lot about that. So if the sickness is so terrible, how is the cure so simple? And not only is the cure relatively simple, but we, we're going to talk about how through the Tikkun HaKloli, that we're able to lift ourselves up to a much, much higher place than we ever were before. So that's what we began with. Aleph, Beis. What is the mid of Shmir Zerbis? Because we've seen this form that Yosef at Sadiq, it's a mida. We have Ushbizen. That's not just for pictures on the Soki, you know, whatever. We have, this is serious work, the Ushbizen. It's not just fun. I mean, we love all the Sadiqim, but Yosef at Sadiq is, is a mida. And the mida of Yosef at Sadiq is Yisod. It's the mida of Shemir Sebris. What is that? What does that mean? What's the mindset? When we talk about Chesed and Gvur, we can identify what the mindset is of Chesed. What's the what's the what's the nefesh when it comes to Gvur and so on? What is the midah shmir sebris? We're gonna to have to spend a lot of time in Yisod. We'll talk about that for months in But what is the what is the beginning of understanding the midah shmir sebris? That's days. Gimel. So Matul Zilber explains the Gemara in Brachis. That when, when coming into a basic Knesset, it has to be Kishia Shnei Psachim, like Rashi explains, the Gemara explains in Rashi. And the Shnei Psachim into the basic Knesset means that there are two gates that lead into Kedusha. They lead into the basic Knesset, into, into a serious relationship with Akash Baruch Hu, into a serious life of Adis Hashem. And that's Emuna, which is Malchus. Emuna, which is Malchus, and Kedusha. Which is Yisod. And that the Avoda of a Jew in this world is Milamata Lamala, to ascend that ladder, beginning with Amuna and climbing up through, that's Malchus, that's where we are now, Malchus. We're coming to, the, we're coming to Malchus or Malchus. Beginning with Malchus and working one's way up higher and higher. But those are the two Psachim, Malchus and Yisod. Amuna that's how we that's how we ascend the ladder those of course correspond to Mashiach ben David which is Amuna which is Malchus and Mashiach ben Yosef which is Kedusha Sabris Kedusha Sayyisab and where we ended last week was that what is striking about Amuna is that it's a mitzvah that is not Revealed to us 
in the normal way of mitzvahs, which is Hashem is both saying, do this or don't do that, and don't do, don't do this, do this, and whatever. It's not a tzivui. It's not That's not how it came to us, like tefillin and Shabbos and everything else. But rather, it's a statement of reality, a fact. It's a description of mitzvahs. It's Anochi Hashem Lokecha. Anochi Hashem Lokecha is a moon. It's not a mitzvah. Hashem Zbog doesn't say, listen, Chev, I want you to believe in me. Well, I'm telling you, you have to believe in me. It's in the Sefer Mitzvahs, and you know, there's resistance by the Rishonim, with the Rambam. We learned that in Chabur and Sefer Mitzvahs, we spent, we spent a couple of months on that. How do you, do, how, how is this a mitzvah? It's not, a tip, it's not typical of other mitzvahs, where we were told to do something, or say something. Here, there's this, there's just a statement of reality that you believe in me. Now, make sure not to do live a life that's going to conflict with what's inside of you. Because I'm telling you, trust me, you believe in me. Yeah? I don't feel that? No, you do. That's the mitzvah of who you are. And even when you're not feeling too great about it, <coughs> just make sure you behave and don't do things that contradict, that conflict the amunah that's in you. Amunah is not something that one acquires from outside. You can embellish your amunah from outside, but if someone tells you that you're going to become a mom and because you look at the tree and it's so nice how the leaves all you know are shaped in a good way. And that's how it's gonna you're gonna become a mama like that. You know, that might last for one Shabbaton, but after that, if you're an intelligent person, it's not gonna take you too far. It's just that the reality is that it doesn't take you too far. And those people whose amun is based upon uh, proofs and demonstrations and all kinds of things like that, and historical proofs, ontological proofs and proofs from nature and so on. All of that is again, it's more more like uh, embellishing and it's more for Shabbatons and things like that. But the fleshige emuna of a Jew, what the emuna is, the emuna is a mitzvah. It's the mitzvah of a Jew. I'm not going to go into that right now, that is, but that's the mitzvah of a person. Now, what we're up to is Yisod. It comes to Shemir Sabriz. And I just, at the end, at the end, I threw this out at the end a little bit. This takes us now beyond the mimer that we learned from the Nesiva Shalom, where the Tzaddik the Nesiva Shalom did not go into that, this in the mimer. It's a step further. Regarding Shemir Sabriz, there's a remarkable mission in the Dharm, Laman al It's absolutely astonishing. And when you only learn it in the halachic framework, you're missing one of the greatest masterpieces of Pnei Misatayr. It's a simple sentence. It's a halacha. It's the Mishnah. Kainem shaninen la'arelem. The person, the person asks for himself. Kainem shaninen, he makes a, a, a lashon of a nether, that he will not have any benefit from arelem. Kainem I'm not going to have any benefit or pleasure from an oral, from an uncircumcised person. That person is allowed, the Mishnah says, is allowed to have benefit from a Jew who is uncircumcised. But for also but he's not allowed to have any hanar from a guy, even if the guy is gemalt. 
So even if the guy had a bris, he cannot have hanaf. Shani nana, then the Mishnah says, Shani nana lemulam, person makes a nether that he's not going to have any, he's not going to have any hanaf from somebody who has a bris. Also by Rali Yisrael. You can't have enough from a Jew who's an Aru. He's allowed to have enough from from a guy who does have a bris. What this means is very, very clear. If the person makes <coughs> another, I'm not going to have any Hanav from somebody who's uncircumcised. Now, we think of that as whether there was a surgical procedure that took place. Either the guy has the, the Arla, or he doesn't have the Arla. Either it was removed or it wasn't removed. The Mishnah takes that logical that logical construct and <coughs> shatters it. The Mishnah says just the opposite. The Mishnah says, a guy says, I'm not going to have any Arla from an Arla. And this Jew never had his Arla removed. He still has the foreskin. He never had it removed. And the Mishnah is saying that even though physically <coughs> he, he is an, he's an oral, he was never circumcised, but in Halacha, which is the deepest reality, it's Hashem's reality, this Jew, even though he have not had a bris, he's called a gemalt, he's called a nemo. So if you made an edit that I'm not going to have any hana from somebody who's an oral, even though this Jew Physically, he's an oral. He never had a bris. You're allowed to have hanaf from him. And then you take the guy. Now, the guy had it surgically removed. So physically, the guy is the guy is gemal. Physically, the guy has been circumcised. But the Mishnah says that in halach, he has a din. In halach, he has a din of an oral. He has a din of an oral. Makes no difference if he was circumcised. He has a din of an oral. And by a Jew, it's chaval. But for whatever reason, he wasn't circumcised, like many of our brothers in Russia in those years. So he, even if he wasn't circumcised, in halacha, he has a shame nemo. Even though he's physically uncircumcised, in halacha, in the Mitzvah of who he is, he is a din of a Nemo. It means that a Jew, no matter what, is not an Oro. He's not an Oro. I remember that uh, I once told you a story that I saw in a safe that told us of the Satmarov Shusi Elena that that when the king, there's a famous picture that they have of when the king of Romania came to to meet all the, came to the area of Satmar and in Europe and there were all the big you know, ministers and dignitaries they were coming and the Satmar Rebbe was the one who was representing the Jewish people, all the Jews, religious and non-religious. He was the, he was the biggest person there and, and he was the Rav and Tzadik and everybody knew him. He was famous to the Padagoyim also. And and he was a famous picture. He took his hat off, and he's wearing you see with the, he's wearing a fur coat. He came to Shabbos clothing to meet the to meet the uh, the, the 
the king, I don't know who it was, the king, I think, somebody like that. And uh, and the king started to talk to the Sabbath Rebbe. The Sabbath didn't know what he was talking about. He didn't understand the word what he was talking about. And he turned to the Shamas and he said, Zuk the Udo. Zuk the Udo. You know, what did the uncircumcised one say? So so the the chassidim that were there with them they go they got very scared like that's you know that's like the next pogrom <laughs> coming up you know, on Thursday we're gonna have a pogrom <laughs> so afterwards when the whole thing fortunately nobody put on none of the none of the that were there figured that out or something there's just like a little bit of a nights I guess no one figured it out because a lot of the in those places you know they understood you know and uh, after the whole thing was finished. So some have said, you think I'm, you think I'm uh, crazy that I would say such a thing. He said, I didn't like how you were getting too carried away with that guy. Like, I saw there was something like you were so spoiled from him that he is like, this, this is like a hush of a thing. Is that, there's a Malchus. I felt it was important, you know, it's not an Udo. <laughs> it's not an It doesn't make a difference if he's, if he's the king of the world. as an Udo. He's uncircumcised. That's him, he's uncircumcised. Which means that even if the you know, even if the king would have had uh, would have had a verse, and even if it would have been on the eighth day, and even if there were a guy in a white jacket saying you know bar haba bar haba, it would make no difference. It's not. But that's not what's so important to us. What's important to us is in, in this mid of Shemisa Bishus. We're going to now unravel the mystery here. What's important to us is that a Jew, even if even if he even if he has not had that removed. So physically, he's an R.O. But the Mishnah says he's called a Nemo. That's what the Mishnah is telling us. Even though he is, and that's what I, I see the person of Adabriz, but he has a din of, of a Nemo. He's Gemalt. Because the mitzvah of Mila, and this is what I was saying at the end of the last three, just the last 30 seconds or so, the mitzvah of Mila is a very, very important part of Sefer Bereshis. Now, we have mitzvahs in Bereshis. I'm not going to that, the Meir Simcha, the Maral, it's a precious drachim, it's always a big discussion of what's the nature of those mitzvahs before Maimon has seen our before Shavuot, what are those mitzvahs? The ones that were repeated, not repeated, and Mrs. Bnei Noach, and so on, not going into it. But there is a significance when a mitzvah is really gracious to you. And particularly when it comes to the mitzvah of Milo, which Hashem's Baruch revealed to Avram Avinu, and it's, and it's told the favors. Gracious is... Gracious is the is the revelation of that which Hashem's book created. Gracious is the book of creation, and the mitzvah of Mila finds that its main headquarters is not in Shmois, Vayikra, Bamidbar, and Dvar. The main headquarters is in Sefer Gracious. It was revealed to Avram Avinu before. All other mitzvahs, and it is forever different from all other mitzvahs. And we say 
by the bris lahachnisoi bebrisoi shlavram avinu, even after Maimon Sinai. It remains essentially the bris of Avram Avinu. Lachnisoi bebrisoi shlavram avinu, which is in the world of gracious. And the name Avraham is the letters Bihi Baram, Chazal pointed out. Ela told us, Eretz Shemayim, Bihi Baram, Bihi Baram, gracious, Bihi Baram, is the Oasis Avraham, Avraham. It means that the same way that Hashem made the oceans and the lakes and the trees and everything else, there's a Bria, there's a Metzias, there's a Bria, it's a Bria Acheres, it's called a Nimal, a Gemalt, a Jew, an Avram Avinadikah person. There's a Metzias in the world that was created. That's called Bihibaram is Ba'avram Lachnisa Vibrishavin. And that's why, unlike all other mitzvahs, it takes place Davke on the eighth day. And it takes place with the father arranging, if he's able to, to give the bris to his son, or arranging through the model to have the son receive the bris. But the ikr is that the chefza of the mitzvah is taking place in the life of somebody who is bechlal, not a bal bechir. It's the baby. There's no bechir. What seems to be happening by the mitzvah of bris, and this is very, very important, that's why it needs to be clear. Because if we want to understand Shemir bris, we have to understand how it all begins. What seems clear when learning the Indian of Brismila in Halacha, and certainly in Panemis, but if you learn it in Halacha, the Indian of Brismila, is that the father and the baby were standing, the father standing over there and the baby, and the mother's watching, hope she's well from Ezra's Nashem, they're participating in something which is really a Yitzira Elokis, which is something that the Bani Shalom is bringing down into the world. The fact that the father hires the moil doesn't change the reality that really this baby is a mohul be'etzim. Really, he's a mohul be'etzim. Even though he wasn't born with a bris, there were certain tzaddikim that were born already. But he's be'etzim, he's a mahul. He's already gemal. But Hashem Hasbaal gives the schia to the father with the moil, the schia that that this physical act that represents the inner reality that he is that he exists, bihi baran in this bris of yisod, which we'll talk about with Hashem. It's like the this is this is just the icing on the cake. At the bris, lachnisa bebrisa shalavramavim. There's a bris. Hashem Yisbarach created a bris, and even if God forbid the kid wouldn't have an actual bris, which would be terrible. It's a tragedy. Nevertheless, he'll have a tikkun. And beetzim, as we learned from the Mishnah, Darim beetzim, he he's gemal. He's gemal. There are certain halachic restrictions that come as a result of the physical reality not having taken place. Mitzias is that he's a Jew. He's not an oral. 
So now, that's Aleph, now base. So what is the Midah, Taka, of Shmir Zabiz? What is the Midah of Shmir Zabiz? Even the word Lishmar, Shmir, means something is given to you to watch. It exists. You didn't make it. You didn't create it. You're a Shimer. This means Shmir Zabiz. It means that you have something. Don't lose it. Don't ruin it. Hashem gave each and every one of us something. It's really, together with the moon, the most valuable assets that we have in our in life. Hashem gave each and every one of us, He gave us something. And He's telling us, as Brisi Tishma, guard the covenant. Like there's a fire and you told and you have to be careful and you put your hand around the match so it shouldn't go out. There's a there's a bris that's there, and the Shemes Baruch says you should know that you are be'etzim, you you have this gift that I gave you. And I want you to be careful, not to ignore it, not to abuse it, not to misuse it, not to forget about it. But whatever it is, that whatever mistakes you make, it's there. Just like Imuna. Hashem wants us to guard it. He wants us to nurture our Imuna. And that's why, admiring the trees and all the nice things and things we, you know, and, and looking how Hashem did this and did that, all of that nurtures our Imuna, and we have to do that. It helps us to feel more of that Imuna. Thinking carefully, thinking a lot about Hashgacha practice, and all of that fuels the amuna and nurtures it and makes us helps us feel it more. But the etzem ha'amuna is a bria elokis. We have to we have to know it's like something that God created in a Jew. That's amuna zero zero one. God created amuna in a Jew. That's what exists inside of a Jew. And God created Kedusha Sabris, a covenant with the Jew. But the nature is of that covenant. We'll talk a lot about that. Hashem created it. Now this creation, that Hashem says, guard it. <coughs> what does that mean of guarding it? What does that mean on the most basic level? So here it's interesting. The way to understand this, or to begin to understand this, is to come a little bit around from the back. You'll see what I mean in a second. There's a word from the Bedichava that he once said, it sounds almost like he said it as a milsud de Bdichusa, a little bit like uh, in a humorous way, but everybody knows that he was a very, very serious person. So when he said something, even Agav, and the Kedushas Levi once said that he's seen many things in his life and he's attended many, many simchas. And he never saw in his life that a Jew should make a suda over an Aveira that he did. That he should like send out invitations to invite Chavah for an Aveira that he did. Kedushas Levi, you know, he was always Lama Swiss. And he said this once, I never saw such a thing that a yid 
when he does an Aveira, that he's, let's say he was Mechal Shabbos, he gets everybody together, all those friends, he sends an invitation for a big Chil Shabbos party. <laughs> I, never, I never saw such an Inyo, somebody did something with an Ashes Ish. I never saw like the, you're all invited, we're having a, we're having Kiddush, after davening, you know, we're going to have our own minion, and we're going to celebrate the Aveira that I did. So Kiddush, like you said, I never saw by Yiddish do such a thing. So it sounds like it's a, like a little cute thing to say. Another one of his limudim that he said on Jews. But the truth is, it's a very, very profound, deep thing he is saying. What he's saying, what the Vedicha is saying, is that no matter how hard a Jew tries, and no matter how badly he's messed up, the Etzim a Jew is an Ish Nisham. As Nisham of the Gemach, he's an Ish Nisham. The bris means that some, Hashem carved something into a Jew that a Jew cannot, as much as he tries, and some, I don't know if anybody here, there could be somebody here, some of you have tried hard, to Khalila, to be in the spoil from a Hanoah to really, really get deep into an Aveyor. Or deep, deep, deep into even if it's not Nevea, some some in Gashmias. Because a Jew Be'etzim is Gemalp, it's impossible for him to come to a place where he feels that the Hanoah Gashmias that he has that he's enjoying whether it's with eating, or whether it's with something sexual, that this Hanara Gashmis is my entire existence. That it, it, it satisfies me to the very depths of who I am. And that this is my tachlis. That this is my tachlis. My tachlis is to enjoy. It doesn't mean to say that a person doesn't have pleasure. <coughs> when my daughter graduated, my wife and I took her to a to a, a, a nicer restaurant. That was a mistake because uh, it paid a lot of money and the food wasn't good. <laughs> but she was valedictorian and we thought it would be a nice thing to do, you know? So we sprang for it. You know, I remember the guy, just as a side note, <laughs> that the guy, the waiter came and said that we have a special for today. And uh, I thought special meant that it's cheap, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I got that wrong. <coughs> and I asked him afterwards, I said, I thought he says, well, he says, very special. <laughs> I said, I'm going to this piece of meat for $50, which probably is a joke now, I don't know, but it was $50, I thought, that's not special, that's not, I thought he meant it's like a sale. He said, no, no, that's not a mint special. So I bought my wife this special, I bought my kid that. Everything was special. <laughs> it's special. So, yeah, I got a special bill. <laughs> so there were, there were these three Hasidic guys, like they were there. I never saw such a, an eating fest in my life. What was going on there? Because it was one main course after the other. And they were very, like, you know, like, comfortable in this place. It wasn't the first time. 
And you know what I mean? Like leaning back and the coat's first off. And then the, and the guy, your mom just opens his belt and, <laughs> and he's sitting back and they're laughing and they're bringing us and no, 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 no. And, and I remember my daughter's watching this. And, you know, she's very, very able. She doesn't say anything, but I see she's not a source of something in her life. And, and, uh, <laughs> and I tried to explain it. I probably made a good business deal. They want to enjoy themselves a little bit or something. <coughs> Listen, Ayid knows how to enjoy himself. And and we can even have, uh, we can laugh about that. And we can have Nachis and Jews have some pleasure. And they can go to a game and they can start to yell for their team. And I've been to, when I was younger, I went to a lot of ball games. And... And I was a big Yankee fan, big Yankee fan. I wore, when I was a little kid, when I was eight years old, I wore my Yankee uniform to a Met game. <laughs> <laughs> Just to, <laughs> yeah. Because I had to go because this friend of mine and my father said you should go with him. Whatever it was, it was all nice. And they were throwing beer cans at me, the guys. But I wore it. I was a little kid. I wore my, I'm a big Yankee fan. But e even as a kid, I remember, like, you know, so, like, there'd be something great going on, and Mantle hit one out of the park, or whatever, was something of and I was getting excited, too. I, I had Mickey Mantle pictures all over my room. But it was something to watch, these guys, and how they, how they, what happened over there. So I would scream, but I didn't really believe in that. Even as a kid, I remember thinking, like, I'm just getting into it, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just doing this. But... And my parents are more important than Mickey Mantle. And, and you know, other stuff in my life, even my sister, who I used to fight a lot with, I, you know, I like Mickey Mantle, but when I'm watching what's going on at the stadium, the, with the, like the, with the Hever, the, 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 the oodles at the stadium, <laughs> that was like, they were mamish, like in that, like a different madriga. It was a different madriga. They were shakshkuin in the Indian. Not that I could, not as a kid, just not as a little kid. I mean, when I was in high school and later on, when I was go, when I would go to a game when I was twenty years old, twenty five years old, whatever it was, and I would and I would go to the game and and there would be you know the partying and the screaming and the yelling and everything like that. It's not because I consider myself to be more such a ruchnistic person. I liked all that stuff, but to to a, to a measure, you know what I'm saying? But to lose oneself completely. To come to a point where a person, to come to a point where a person says, "That's who I am. That's who I am. That's that, that's who I am. That's the tachlis." A Jew can't do that. It makes sense to me if he swears up and down that he's the same, and he does do that. It's not true. It's not true. A Jew can't do that. And because of that, and this tremendous chizik that we have to gift for our kids and for ourselves, tremendous chizik, that because there's a part of us that just cannot get into the world, that's why Jews are like always agonizing all this stuff. Is a part of a Jew that just cannot get into the, into that, into the ball game, <clears throat> that sees this with a certain kind of a coldness. 
So even if you did let loose and you went crazy and you had ten main dishes at the uh, on the Pesach program or in the restaurant, and even if you were standing there getting hoarse, yelling for your team, and you were and you were while you were you know drinking uh, beer and yelling you know, Ki'ilu, this is the toughest of my life. When you go to sleep at night, nobody we don't talk about this stuff with each other. But when a Jew goes to sleep at night, I don't care if he's religious or not religious. When a Jew goes to sleep at night, at some point, and things are quiet, and he looks back at what he's been doing in his life, he sees himself as part of like some sort of a perm spiel. You know what I mean? Like I'm, this is a perm spiel. That's not really who I am. He doesn't know what he wants to be. He doesn't know who he is. But that's not who I am. It's not who I am. That stuff is like wearing, I'm wearing a uniform. I'm putting on a, it's a game. It's a permission. And, and what happens very often is that while having that quiet moment, a little bit, reflecting a little bit, there's a sadness. There's an asus. There's a marius. There's a bitterness. And there's a feeling, sometimes subtle and sometimes very powerful, that the stuff that I'm doing in my life that I, that I claim to really enjoy, that I really, really have fun with, and that I really, really like laugh about and talk about and have fun and all that, it contradicts who I am. It doesn't go. It doesn't stim. I don't know why. Because I don't believe in God. I don't believe in Torah. I don't believe in some deep meaning of the universe of my life. I don't have some sort of... A, standard of, of uh, ethical, moral behavior other than I don't want to hurt other people, let's say. I'm not happy with my life. I'm not happy with where things are going. Because this is where the big divider or the big division took place. Esav sold the Bukhayr. He sold the Kedusha of the Bechayra, which is very deeply connected to Kedusha Sabris. I'm not going to go into that right now. It's a big sugi in the morale and the other swan. Esav sold the Bechayra, the Kedusha Sabachayra, because he wanted to live a life of Halitaini Norman Ha'adam Ha'adam Hazah. Halitaini Na. It's a very strong word. Halitaini Na, Rashi says, Eftach Pi. Asa said, I'll open my mouth and just pour it in of this world. Open my mouth up. I just want to open my mouth and pour whatever I can of this world into my mouth. And ever since then, like the Gemara says, if an Asa, if a descendant of Asa circumcises himself, He's still be'etzim haliteini na. Full engagement in the world. As we know, that he sold the Bukhara, which means that he took this world. And whatever it is that's otherworldly, he sold. It doesn't mean it's just an Indian of finance. He surrendered to the world. And he gave anything that he had with Allah, anything that there should be. A, a, a residue of any bris 
was sold. He got rid of. And because of that, even if a Ben Esav gets a, gets a bris, Be'etzem, he remains a shtik alam hazeh. He remains alam hazeh. And it doesn't make a difference, even if he puts on all the shaman and begodim, and he, and, he, and he lives in the Vatican. Be'etzem. That's who he is. Halitani not. Again, he can be very sophisticated, very refined, and very educated. And it could be that he lahavdul that he looks more refined than the guys that are sitting in the restaurant. That's how it looks. But Be'etzim, he's a Ben Esav, and the Mitzias is that even if he has that part of his body removed, it doesn't change the reality. That even his religious stirring is all part of this world. A Jew is B'ni B'chari Yisrael. And B'ni B'chari Yisrael, you are my firstborn, it means that the Kedusha of the Bechar is Kedusha Be'etzim. How that works, Avmavinu Yitzchak and Yaakov, not going to that sugi right now, but the Kedushas HaBechar of the Bechari is Yaakov Avinu, is a Jew. And we can sell that. And many people try to sell it. If you're trying to just give it away, just get out of it, just to run away from the Kedushas HaBachar, not to, not to have, and that's what the Vedicha was saying, is that nah, with all the Jews that are running away from the Yiddishkeit, I never saw one that made a, 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 a suda for Naveyu. Because the Kedushas like we were saying is that that Jew who, who we see, he is acting like, like Esav, and it seems that he's in a place of halitani no, just pour it, pour it down my throat, just another bottle of beer. Kedusha Zayv is saying is that he's just imitating. He's just an imposter. He's not. It's not really. It's not really Asaf. And therefore, a Jew can never have <coughs> the etzim can never have a gishmak from the hanaos gashmis from, from those things of this world, which makes us crazy, which makes people crazy sets many people off looking for something more exciting. Whereas the, the guy might be satisfied, he's got his pickup truck, he's got a girl, he's got his beer. And Thursday night is bowling night or something. So, and you can make more sophisticated examples like that, all the way up to the Pope. Whatever you like. I don't know if he goes bowling. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they have like a secret bowling alley. Right? <laughs> but miniature golf. Something like that. But it makes no difference. It makes no difference. It's a Metzias. It's Bracious thing. That parasha ended in Sefer Bracious. That ended in Sefer Bracious. The same way that Hashem created the world, thus is thus. He's the creator. He created such a Metzias. Of B'ni B'chari Yisrael. And the Jew can't sell it. He can't give it away. He can't get rid of that. He follows him everywhere he is. So there are Jews that they go mishogah from this. So they try to do everything they can to be like Esau. So that's what's going on. With our, now the Jews have uh, more money than in the past, so the foods and the whole indulging in the restaurants and, the, and whatever, all the stuff that's going on. Yes. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, <coughs> it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. You can't sell the Bukhar. 
And that, Rabbi Isai, is the oymek of what happened when we left Mitzrayim. But all we know about when we learned Chumash, all we could see when we learned Chumash, <coughs> is that there were two types of blood. There was Dam Pesach and Dam Mila. That's what we know. When we opened the Chumash, V'aymolach v'demayich chayi, V'aymolach v'demayich chayi, Dam Pesach is the Indian of Malchus, which is Amuna. That's the carbon Pesach, Amuna. And and the Dam Mila is, of course, Shmir Sabriz, Kedushas Habriz. These are the Shnei Pesachim, the Shir of the two Pesachim to come into Kedusha, which is where we were going towards when we left Mitzrayim to head towards Har Sinai. With Emuna, with that Koach that we need to, of course, work on to develop Emuna, or to be focused on Emuna, and Shmir Sebris. And that's why, that's why the Torah says, V'chol Oral Lo Yerchalba. That's why Brismila, to be Gemalt, is Ma'akiv, eating the Karb Those two are inseparable. Yisoyed and Malchus are inseparable. Yisoyed and Malchus are unique. It's not Hashem Zbarach telling us to do something. Hashem Zbarach said, Kindulach, I did this. Sorry, I made you into a Ma'amin. But I'm not, I'm not. Okay, you'll find out. You are. I made you into a Ma'amin. And I made, you to, I made you into a Kaddish, into something holy. That the Etzim, at the end of the day, you get sick of yourself when you do disgusting things. You're not happy with this. You can't live this way. Or if you, or you have to hide behind a million other things to make like it doesn't bother you at all, but you know that it does. Because I made Kedusha in you. I created it. It's gracious. I created this. It's a mitzvah. I didn't tell you I'm asking you to do this mitzvah. I'm telling you. Guard it. Live with it. Accept it. Be mechazik it. Find ways to bring it more and more and more and more into the daily life that you're living. Into the mitzvah of your life. But the mitzvah of who you are is bini b'chari Yisrael. So going back to the Slotman, we'll just end here for now. We'll continue with you next Sunday. When the, when the Rebbe was saying that, that the Sitra Achra can't mess with the moon, you remember? can't really mess with that. So the opening that the Setra has is when it comes to this Indian of Briz. And that by getting a person to fail in this Indian of Briz, I mean, Mela, Mela, as a result of that, the person, the Jew starts to feel that, you know, he doesn't have a moon, he doesn't have a moon, and he starts to lose his connection to Kajbar. And the impression that one could get from that piece of Torah that we learned is that when it comes to Kedusha Sabris, that the Sitra has access to that. So what we're learning now is that in the panemius of a person, the Sitra cannot get to that place either. But the Sitra can operate on the surface much more easily in, in, in the Indian of Kedusha than when it comes to the Indian of Amun. And we'll talk more, much more about that. When it, comes to, when it comes to on the surface, it's much easier to get a person to do something to look at a picture in a magazine, to look at a girl on the street, and to start to have all kinds of room, it's much easier to bring to a mikshel in that area and to work in that Pesach as opposed to going all the way, all the way, all the way into that place of a woman.
it's much easier. Shem will talk more about this. But that's the beginning of the Mida of Bris. How we experience it, and I said in a back way, it's not so much in a positive way. Because when we look at ourselves, we say, like, I'm, I'm no Yosef Atzali. Like, we're far from Yosef Atzali. But the Kedusha's lady said, that's true, that's true. Because Yosef Atzali worked on that, we'll talk about Yosef Atzali next week. That's true. But, you're not Esav. You can never be Esav. And as hard as you try not to care about the disgusting things you've done in your life, you know, you know that it's not working. You know that this is not the tachas of your life. You feel that this is not why you were created. You feel that you don't want to live this way. You don't plan to die this way. You just can't. In the meantime, you're just trying to make believe it's fun, and you're living it up, and you go to parties, and you hang out, and everybody. It's not really. It doesn't speak to you. It speaks to the face of it. doesn't speak to, to us. It doesn't speak to us. We enjoy it because it's a taiva, but it doesn't speak to us. That's the beginning of the awareness that you're a shayma habris. That means that even on this level, if you're a person that's mamish chalila, embedded in all kinds of sick things, if you lose 10 seconds of sleep, feeling this feeling of like, what am I doing? That means you're still in the game. And it's going to be good. It'll be good. It needs, it needs work, but it's going to be good. Don't be Messiah. Chalila, chalila, chalila. Don't be Messiah. You're still in it. You're on the team. You're still in the parasha of Kedusha Sabris. Not like people think that it's only if I didn't do anything for the last, you know, four years. Now, all that is, all that is Kavaldic. But if you, if at least you have that awareness, and the boys must be taught this, they have to hear this a million times, that at least if you have this feeling that that's not what I want to be in my life, I could do better with my life. It's not why God created me to live this way. I can't. I can't live my whole. I don't want to live this way my whole life. That means it's already, already. There's a light of Yosef Tzadik. It's a light of Yosef Tzadik. It's not burning brightly. It's like a you know like a night light. You know, it's there. It's on. To build it into something stronger, something brighter. Shem will continue with that next. Time. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.